hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of your Not-So-Anonymous Journal. I am super excited for this episode. I also noticed that out of all 15 episodes that I've had, I feel like I have so many episodes that talk about therapy, my journey, having Emily on last week, but this yet again is going to be about therapy. And I just feel like getting people's experiences and there just genuinely isn't enough conversations surrounding the idea of therapy that I'm like, whatever. Again, I feel like this is something that somebody can take something from and just learn about it and whatever it is. Uh, However, I am going to be talking about why I decided to stop talk therapy after going to talk therapy for two years, which is something I never thought I would say because I really, really felt when I got into therapy that I would be going there for what the next five, 10 years of my life because I really enjoyed having someone to talk to every week when it felt like I either had no one to talk to or if things were feeling chaotic in my life and I felt like I might not have the proper tools to handle the situation and whatnot. And so that has literally been my life every Monday at 2 p.m., since May of like beginning of May 2021 I believe and so yeah I literally didn't mention anything to my therapist at all when I had brought it up to her well I decided to bring it up to her on Monday this past Monday and before that I didn't say anything at all and to be honest I've never had to basically move on from a therapist that I really enjoyed because I, my last two experiences, I just literally ghosted them because I was like, I hate this situation. I don't vibe with you guys. So I'm just going to leave. But this one was so hard. And I was really scared to even tell anybody that I want to stop talk therapy because I feel like people know me as someone who is very pro mental health and therapy and all of the things. And I felt like almost a little bit hypocritical in terms of me wanting to move on from it because literally what? Uh, two months ago, I made a whole episode on why I love therapy and I still do. But this whole idea of just not having a therapist anymore feels so weird. And I did really feel this like slight insecurity around people being like, well, you're so pro mental health and you're this and that and you love therapy and you love your therapist and you say it helps you so much, which it did. And now you're just not going like why? Because the truth is I still have a lot of the struggles that I went there to begin with, they're just so like super, super acute. They're nothing that is debilitating my life anymore, which I think is the most amazing thing too, which is something that I want to get into. My therapist and I had actually went back to the first day that we had met and basically it was our real first session and we made like a protocol of the three main things that I went to therapy for in the beginning And these were things that I didn't remember saying to her at all two years ago, which just goes to show how much can change in two years if you put the effort in and you just put in the work and you utilize the tools and you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your therapist. And so I'm actually kind of excited to bring up what she had shared with me because I was actually blown away. Another thing that I really want to bring up is I feel like when you want to make a big decision in your life, you'll know and your body will tell you if it is the right decision. So there's like, I feel like there's two ways to feel about a really big decision. Either a lot of fear comes up and it genuinely just isn't 
the right decision for you. It's like, okay, no, like I'm making this decision out of fear. Uh, This is very rash. I need to think about it more, blah, blah, blah. So you're like, okay, this isn't a good decision for me. However, there's that other side where it's like, is this out of fear or am I just uncomfortable? And that this whole, like if I make this decision and I go forward with whatever decision this is, this is obviously going to like change my life a little bit and you know, things are going to be a little different. And so is that uncomfortable? And can I deal with that uncomfortableness for a little while until things feel, you know, good again and back to normal? And so for me, that was like, how am I going to, like, I'm not going to have this person with me, you know, on Mondays at 2 p.m. It's not like, like, it's kind of like all on me, even though I have a support system, it feels very much on me at this point where, if things go chaotic or if I have a panic attack or if I'm having an issue with someone that I need to now look inward, dig deep, utilize the tools that I've learned over the last two years to almost live my life. What I guess I want to use the word independently, but you're also independent when you are in therapy. You just have someone to go to and talk to, which is amazing. But It's funny because when I started to have this idea of wanting to stop therapy, TikTok really said for you because I was, because I feel like I didn't even know why at first, why I wanted to stop. It just felt like I wanted to. It just felt like I was ready. It almost started to feel like therapy was becoming a chore every Monday, like besides rather than me going in and being like, okay, yes, I'm really excited to talk about whatever topic today. I have this thing that I want to bring up, you know, with her. I really want to talk about it. I'm excited. And all of a sudden things started to just feel, again, more like a chore. So when I would start scrolling on TikTok, I came across so many videos of people being like, I've been in talk therapy for a really long time. Yes, it helped me. But the crazy thing is, is that I feel like I'm plateauing or I just feel like nothing, there's like, like I'm 75% good, but there's a 25% where it's just not changing. I just feel like talk therapy isn't doing it for me anymore. And what people started to say was that they've noticed that talk therapy really, really helped them intellectualize their feelings and their traumas and their emotions and their triggers and that therapy has really helped them understand why they are the way they are why where triggers are coming from how everything that you do today connects to your childhood and just all of the things which is so amazing in so many ways and why I feel like therapy is so impactful for so many people and that's what I feel like was really really great for me especially in the beginning because I was having all of these symptoms and I didn't know why and when you don't know why you're having symptoms a lot of anger shows up around that because you're like am I is there something wrong am I fucked up do I need to be fixed all of these things and it really makes it hard to make the the first step but What I noticed was that therapy really does, especially talk therapy, help you logically and cognitively be able to understand why you are the way you are. And that was the biggest thing that I had gotten out of therapy. And so really quick, I just want to read you guys the note that my therapist had sent me because I was like, you need to send this to me because this is the craziest thing ever of what my like why I went to therapy in the first place. So I'm going to find this really quick. Okay, 
So there were three main things that I went to therapy for. And so the first one was anxiety. So she wrote, Sarah identified overthinking, difficulty being alone, and context-specific fear and context-specifically for driving, eating, walking alone, etc., which is impairing her quality of life. She reported experiencing panic attacks on a daily or everyday basis. I was blown away when she told me that. That every single day, if not like every day, I would experience severe panic attacks and anxiety. And it's crazy because I only experience panic attacks or anxiety where it feels out of the blue maybe once or twice a month now. Or if I am flying, like just regular flight anxiety, but my anxiety feels more like day-to-day anxiety rather than like super triggering. So that was the craziest thing that she had said to me. And then the next thing was her self-care is currently poor as demonstrated by overworking and failure to break to eat her meals. So I was literally, because I was so anxious about just so many things, I was going into panic attacks that it was literally, uh, I just wouldn't even prioritize eating ever. I remember I would actually work probably from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and I just wouldn't eat mostly because one, I was just, that was when I was, when I started out with my therapist, I was actually kind of in the middle of like the beginning phases of my business. So I was totally overworking and I also knew that I would get anxious and have a panic attack every time that I would eat a meal. So I just didn't even want to do it. I was like, I'm just not going to eat, which is so sad and so scary because that was something that I was just like advising myself as normal. And it wasn't because that is like so not giving myself self-care that I needed. So the second thing was mood swings. Sarah reported significant anger directed both outward and inward, resulting in isolation away from her support systems and guilt. She indicated lack of communication skills to appropriately have her support system help her in like basically whatever situation it was. And that was a really big game changer for me, which was that when I would struggle with something, if I was having a panic attack or if something was going on, I would literally just sit with it by myself. I would say nothing to anybody. I would try to be hyper-independent and fix the situation on my own. And what that led me to do was isolate myself from other people because I didn't want people to see me having anxiety or a panic attack because I genuinely was like, if I tell somebody this is happening, one, I'm going to have to explain everything to them. And two, they're not going to give a shit. Like people got their own shit going on. They're not going to give a shit. And what I actually started to learn to do, which sounds so crazy, but it is really hard with people who are struggling with mental health is like actually communicating what's going on in your life to other people. And so I had learned how to start communicating what anxiety felt like for me and what I needed in that moment so that I had a support system that knew if something was going on or if I experienced anxiety or whatever it was, or if I was struggling or if I felt depressed, that they could actually help with tangible steps, get me out of, or like, just like show that they support me. And that overall helped me so, so much. Okay. So the last one is dissociation. Sarah reported experiencing mild dissociation regularly and significant dissociation occasionally. She reported that this takes her out for the day and is followed by profound sadness. This has occurred while in the workplace and is impacting her livelihood. 
So dissociation like really isn't anything that I experience anymore. And I think that has to do with the fact that I have been really trying to communicate my story to people that I feel like care and love about me, which in turn, I feel like when you can talk about your story helps you be able to feel like you have more power over it. And I think in turn that allows you to not have to feel or like that your subconscious doesn't feel like it has to dissociate in order to survive the situation anymore. I think that talking about it allows you to be able to practice being in the moment, realizing that you're safe and all of that good stuff. So anyways, those were the things that I had went to for. And because of talk therapy, I've been able to become literally such a functioning member of society now where I can drive long distances by myself and be fine. I can go to the grocery store by myself and feel fine. I feel independent. I can communicate my feelings better. I can understand my feelings better. I have tangible tools in my quote-unquote mental health toolbox for when I am struggling or when things are happening to be able to practice self-regulation and nervous system regulation. And these were things that I didn't know before talk therapy. I was just trying to survive in any way that I could, which meant isolation and, and things like that. It was so unhealthy. And so now I feel like I'm able to just live my life. It feels so awesome. But here's where the caveat is with the whole situation. And this is exactly why I was like, you know what? It's a full body yes to move on from from self-talk therapy. And this is what I think that I want to do now in my, because I think that mental health is ever evolving. I think that when you can start to understand yourself more, when you can start to piece the parts of the puzzle together, you can kind of start to make your own decisions on what you think you need rather than your therapist being like, let's work on this, let's work on that, this is the next best thing, all of that. And so that's where I feel like I got to. So something that I had started to notice, and this is something that I've always struggled with as a kid, and it just makes sense if I were to go back into just my childhood stories, it would make a lot of sense to people. And I do think a lot of people deal with this situation when you've grown up with parents who went through a divorce or, you know, anything where a parent maybe was emotionally unavailable or whatever it is. And so something that I had noticed within myself and within my therapy sessions is that not once in two years of being in therapy did I get emotional or cry. We would talk about the darkest stuff. We would literally talk about just my story from college. My dad ended up in the hospital back in the fall and almost died. And I haven't seen him in like 15 years. Like there was all this shit that just kept popping up in the last two years of therapy. And not once on the call did I cry. Because when we would like bring it back to childhood or when we would bring it back to like the moments when it was happening, I just felt nothing. I couldn't access those feelings. And I think I just never thought anything of it. I think that to me was kind of like, oh, that's a good thing. Like, it doesn't make me emotional. Like, it's fine. But then I started to think about it more and I was like, well, wait, there feels like a 25% part of me in my mental health journey where it feels like I'm just not getting better. I feel like I still have like physical symptoms that are manifesting because of whatever. And I just feel like there's just... I still have this lingering anxiety where I'm putting in the work, but it's still not going away. And I just am making, in my mind, I'm basically connecting this to the fact that I feel like that has to do with me not being able to feel. And here's what I mean by that. When things are stressful, like I love crying. Crying's amazing. I feel like it helps me release stress of whatever's going on. But I cried 
I cry in situations where things are happening in the moment. So if something happens financially, I'll cry about it because it's happening in the moment. If I'm having a bad day, I'll cry. If things are just like taking a shit, just like it's just a shitty work week or something happens with a client, whatever it is, I'll cry. Like I can do that. But if I were to sit in my chair, focus and think about, you know, the two biggest life-changing moments in my life and really try to sit with my feelings around that, nothing would come out. Like all of the feelings that I should have felt when the things were happening in my life when I was 10 and when I was 19 years old. Those feelings that I never felt during those two periods of my life, I can't access them now. Like I never felt them then, I can't feel them now. And that's an issue because I feel like if I'm never able to access those feelings, those feelings are always going to sit inside of me. They're always going to marinate in a way where They show up as physical emotions or they show up as me having angry outbursts. Like, I just feel like if I can't get to that root cause, if I can't get there, then it's always going to be there and it's always going to come up in specific ways in certain ways. And I'm ready. And I think because I'm able to cognitively intellectualize my feelings and that I'm really, really, I feel like intellectually smart around who I am and understanding my mental health, that I now feel ready to go to that next phase of being able to feel my feelings. And that was not something that I could do two years ago. I was not able to even remotely. And that's what I liked about my therapist is she was like, we don't have to go back in time and bring up like what your stories were and like reliving the moment. So what we can do is really just take charge of how what happened then is affecting you now. So anxiety, mood swings, dissociation. And so I feel like I tackled those. I feel like I get those and I know that I do and I feel confident about that. So now having all those tools, being able to regulate my nervous system, being able to just do all of the the things, I feel like I'm ready now for the next step of looking into a different therapeutic modality where I can work with someone who can help me access those feelings in a safe environment so that I'm able to actually do that. For 26 years, I've not been able to do that. And so I'm ready to finally feel. And again, I know that sounds crazy, but it definitely is a thing because I was actually talking to my friend the other day and she was telling me how she feels like way too much where if something happens that reminds her or if something's triggering that's going on or if something reminds her of something from childhood, she will immediately feel it like it's happening all over again. And she will cry and she will feel the emotions and it's like physical sensations and it's just overwhelming for her. And so I feel like that's one end of the spectrum for people. Whereas I feel like the other end of the spectrum is literally not being able to feel it all. And again, that's just something that I just haven't been able to understand why some people are that way where they can feel everything and why people are the other way where they can't feel anything at all. So I am on a mission to be able to understand that. And so with that being said, I am looking into what they call EMDR therapy, which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. And from what I've learned, because I haven't done a ton, a ton of research, so obviously I'm no pro or expert, but from what I've learned, when you fall asleep at night, you go into something called REM sleep when you're in deep sleep. And what happens is, and you might have noticed this before, if like someone's taking a nap and you notice their eyes and it's like their eyes underneath their eyelids are like quickly going back and forth and like a bilateral movement. 
what I learned is happening is like in that moment and within REM sleep, that is actually taking all of the memories that happened in that day and transferring it into your long-term memory. So everything from your short-term memory from that day is now during REM sleep going into your long-term memory where it's supposed to go so that you wake up with a fresh brain, you're able to create new memories and prevent burnout and all the things. And so what happens when people deal with a really traumatic experience, what can happen is not only does that rewire your nervous system and change like the chemicals in your brain and all of that shit, but those memories actually, and this, I don't think this can, this happens to everybody, but it does happen to a lot of people where it stays stuck in your short-term memory. And that's why people have PTSD because it was so traumatic and so impactful in that moment that when you went to bed that night, it was so in the forefront of your mind that it never went from your short-term memory to your long-term memory, which is why people feel triggered, why people have anxiety, why people feel like they're reliving a moment all over again when something in their day-to-day happens. And it's like, what the fuck? And so I am theorizing for myself that a lot of that remaining anxiety that I that I have and what I experience is because of some of the memories that have been stored in my short-term memory that haven't been able to go to the long-term memory where they should go and so that's why I feel like I have that anxiety because triggers happen in my day-to-day where I think my subconscious is like oh fuck it's happening we're unsafe now we need to be anxious because something's wrong when really nothing's wrong at all and so I feel like EMDR is going to be able to help me push those memories back into the long-term memory file. And they do that by basically recreating the bilateral movement that happens during REM sleep. So, And what you have to do is kind of go back in time and talk about the memories that happened during that traumatic event, and it actually can help push it to the long-term memory. I don't know the science behind it, but that's what I do know. And so I am excited to do more research into it. I really do feel like this is the next step for me. And one thing else that I want to leave you guys with in terms of just my thoughts around this is that I feel like talk therapy, one, isn't for everybody. I don't think there is one therapy that's great for everybody. I think there's so many different kinds out there that talk therapy doesn't have to be it, you know? And so I feel like talk therapy, in my opinion, is super, super good for people that have trauma. So... Anybody that grew up in an abusive household, anybody like an emotionally abusive household, or they had to grow up witnessing like a messy divorce, things like that, or a really shitty breakup or anything like that where it feels traumatizing because I feel like it helps you be able to understand it and it helps you be able to understand why what happened when you were younger is now affecting you today. But I don't necessarily feel like it 100% can help people that have PTSD Because I feel like what happens is like that shit gets stuck in your short-term memory and it needs to just go back to where it needs to go so it doesn't feel like it's in your present day anymore. So that's my take on it. And yeah, so it's been quite the journey. It's been an awesome two years, but I did put a post up on on Instagram basically being like, I didn't think I was going to talk about this. This is why I stopped therapy, blah, blah, blah. And... So I figured why not make a podcast episode about it because maybe people are interested. So that's where I'm at in therapy. I still think therapy is amazing. I think that if 
you are feeling like you're struggling or if you feel like you have no one to talk to, there are amazing platforms and, you know, programs and websites out there that have amazing therapists for you to talk to that can be in your insurance and affordable. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that without therapy, I don't know where I would be today. Therapy has been the most amazing thing that I could have given myself. It really is just like a gift that kind of keeps on giving because it gives you tools that you can take with you forever. And so that's that's it. That's all I got. If you have any questions on therapy or if you're interested or have questions about my experience, I'm an open book, obviously, as you probably know by now. And feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Sarah Locks. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your week. And that's it. Oh, also, I there will not be an episode next Monday because I will be in Colorado from the 21st to the 25th. And so in two weeks, there will be another episode. So I will see you then. Have a good week. And I'll talk to you soon.